This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Hanging out at the home studio in London, Ontario, ladies and gentlemen. Settle back in, and, and, and that rain is here now, so we're looking more like January with uh, what usually happens, the up and down temperatures. Brock Richardson, he's joining me today on the program. Remya's away, and Brock is at the home studio in Kitchener, Ontario. Fast to first hour, sir. Yes, always fun and always get to learn a little bit of something, so it's always good. Looking forward to hour two, though. Mondays through Wednesdays. You know it's our two, folks, because we get a chance to visit with our community reporters right off the top. And uh, today from Edmonton, we welcome in Mark Workman. Mark, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Kelly? Hi, Brock. Oh, always wonderful to have you on. We're doing pretty good. It's uh, a nice midweek show. We're having lots of fun, lots of good conversations with everybody today. We're going to keep it up here. Uh, what's been happening? Where have you been traveling to? Where are you going to? I am fortunate to be home uh, in Edmonton. Um, no plans for January, which has really actually been a bit of a nice break. It's a chance yeah. to catch up on some things. Um, but I, of course, do have upcoming plans. So for the first half of February, I will be away. Uh, on deck is uh, Dublin, London, and Lisbon nice, for about nice. two weeks nice. altogether. So we won't tell anyone the answer to this. Because it might mean, oh, Mark, sorry. If you feel that way, we can make a change. Do you get tired of traveling? <laughs> uh, it is exhausting. I've actually, I think I've I become bet. more used to it, though. Um, so when I first started, it was harder. It was causing me more stress and anxiety as well, right? Like with anything, you get more comfortable yeah. as you do it. Um, and so now I, I feel like I am much more able to to undertake the travel, but there's no doubt. And actually, what I think is the biggest challenge is your day-to-day -day job still goes on even though you're yes. away. So you're in right. meetings all day. There's usually stuff happening in the evening. So when do you have time to take care of the emails that are coming in to, you know, uh, work on different assignments? So that that is the biggest challenge is that you, th those things really pile up and then you're feeling a bit overwhelmed when you get home. Yeah. And I mean, the, the one month break or something like this that you're getting, this is great because you do need to recharge. Your body yes. is doing those crazy things, not only time changes, but like you say, it's not just get up at seven in the morning, grab breakfast, get to work at the meetings and finish up, you know, shower and watch TV or go to fall asleep in front of it. Not every night, uh, because like you say, you have those other commitments, you're there for a reason. And then off you go to the next location. Yeah, you bet. But, but definitely, I still... I still enjoy it, um, but I'm happy yeah, to have breaks every now and then. Yeah, and and what what you learn, what you see, what you experience, such yeah. an incredible privilege to to be able to do that and and take from place to place. But mostly, getting the chance to understand understand how the others think, work, and helping out with ideas and explorations. Fantastic stuff, yeah, Mark. Always love when you're telling us about yeah. it. I have uh, been to all three of those locations, so oh, you'll have a great great time it's, it's yeah. both all three are wonderful places your yeah. uh second to topic is discussing the aish program for those that may not be aware can you start by telling us 
what exactly AISH is, if you could. You bet. And so we call it AISH here in Alberta. Um, and what it is, is it's an income support program for people with disabilities. Um, it stands for Assured Income for the Severely Handicapped. And so given that unfortunate name, it's pretty much only referred to as AISH here in Alberta. And about 75,000 or so Albertans receive it. So that's uh, when you factor of a population well north of 4 million. It's less than 2% of the population uh, that receives it. And then one other point I'll make about it, because this is, I think, pretty interesting. Among programs like AISH that provide income support to people with disabilities, the Alberta program is actually the most generous. It's the highest um, income that is received um, across the country. So that's, I think, an interesting fact about AISH. Absolutely. And certainly a program for people with disabilities like this is important and uh, necessary. But a lot of things, as we talk about people with disabilities, become in the news. Why has AISH been in the news lately? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. Um, first off, it is, and this is a great thing, it is indexed to inflation. And uh, that means it goes up when inflation goes up, which is important. Otherwise, your dollar just doesn't go as far from year to year. And so on January 1st of this year, uh, it went up by about 4.25%, um, according to the government, which is, like I say, very good news. But that's not the end of the story. Um, so a professor at the University of Calgary, someone who works in uh, a professor of economics, right? So very familiar with this uh, area, crunched some of the numbers and found that I think something that people with disabilities know, but uh, that not everyone else knows. And that is that even if you're getting the maximum amount for AISH, it will still leave you with an income that's below the poverty line. And so this professor was able to show using Statistics Canada data uh, and looking at the AISH program that even if you get the maximum, you're still going to have about $5,500 per year less than the poverty line. And I want to stress that's even though AISH is the most generous in the country, and that's assuming you get the maximum benefit. Um, and like I said earlier, I don't think this is news to people in the disability community. I think a lot of people are aware that these programs, while while they're very important, um, still do not uh, enable someone to live you know, with dignity. Um, but I do think it's great for people in the general public to learn this kind of information. And hopefully it serves to destigmatize these programs a little bit and to understand uh, that while these programs are helpful, they still have a long way to go. And we need to continue doing our advocacy work to um, promote and push for like a, a you know a living wage, someone that something that will allow a person to live uh, with dignity and above the poverty line. It's funny for everything in country in a forward-thinking country like ours, it's hard to believe sometimes because you feel when someone says that living wage, well, you got that other person says, well, yeah, but you know, there's lots of work out there, and if people would be given the you know given the job or go after these jobs as if people with disabilities or in our in certain circumstances aren't trying, haven't tried. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes we, you get that attitude as if 
well, what, are we going to give them enough money so they can mess off to Florida every winter and stuff like that? And we know that's not happening, but our society fights itself. So then, therefore, we always fall at making sure people are underserved. Um, that, that, that's Mark, the signal what, for sure. Exactly. Mark, let's move into your other item that you've got here to round things off. You uh, flagged it's around children with disabilities and daycare. What sort of coverage are you sort of seeing out there about this topic? Yeah, we saw some media coverage earlier this month where parents of children with disabilities were saying they're having a really difficult time finding daycare spaces for their children. So some of them were reporting that you might have a child in daycare for a period of time and then quite suddenly, quite abruptly, uh, the daycare says, sorry, we can't uh, look after your child any further. Mm -hmm. And of course, this uh, when it happens, is causing a lot of stress for these parents. They are having to make difficult decisions. Do I stay in the employment uh, in, in my current role, or do I have to leave the uh, job market and and stay at home to look after children? Which, of course, that has an impact on uh, the economy as well. So there were some interesting reports about parents and their struggles in, in the media recently. Yeah. I Mark, I, I mean, I've heard this story, of course, we hear it with school or, hey, you can't go on this trip because we need X number of people to help give support and all these things we hear that whether there's even remote accuracy. Anyway, anyway, I, I, I've got to say, I, it definitely seems like a major challenge for families. Are there any policies or programs that are meant to help in this situation? Yeah, I mean, you're giving me flashbacks to when I was, you know, in elementary. Yeah. And I, said I couldn't go on the ski trip uh, because I had, you know, low vision uh, at the time. Um, we do have a program in Alberta called Family Supports for Children with Disabilities, or FSCD. Um, and this is actually a program that I was familiar with um, at my time at CNIB. Um, and a lot of parents of blind children may be aware of this program, but maybe for different reasons. It can be useful to help um, secure training for, let's say, learning how to use a cane or learning Braille or these types of uh, blindness skills that you want to learn. But what I learned through this research is that this program is actually available to daycares. So daycares can access the FSCD program. And through this program, they can hire additional staff, for example, if, uh, if, if the, to make, basically to make sure that every child in that daycare can receive the attention and the support that they need. So you might be able to hire staff, you might be able to purchase different types of equipment through this program. And that all sounds really great. Um, but of course, you know, like a lot of these programs, it can sound better or look better on paper than it is in the reality. And so some of the parents were sharing that they're struggling sometimes to get a hold of their caseworker. Um, maybe caseworkers are quite overstretched. Um, you might, uh, they noted that the caseload for FSCD has doubled, but the funding certainly has not doubled. And then, of course, one other barrier that, that's worth noting, and then I think we're hoping to kind of address through this conversation, is that you may not even know about the program, that's especially if you're, say, yeah, exactly. You might be new to Canada. You might not be familiar with these types of programs, or, or they may not have existed in uh, in the place that you're from. And so I think there's such value in just, you know, making sure that people know about these programs, because that's a sure way to guarantee that you won't have access to it is if you don't know about it. 
Yeah, and, and we're not even necessarily just talking the, the daycares out there. Someone watching right now might say, you know what? Fred's having that problem with, with their kid. This I better tell them about this. And I think this is the thing. We need that announcement, that trumpeting of these programs to, to get the word out there. Mark, thanks a lot. Absolutely wonderful segment today. Take care. We'll talk to you in February. Enjoy the trip uh, over to uh, Ireland, the UK. Oh, my God, Lisbon, everywhere. Have fun. All right. Thanks so much. See you next month. Our committee reporter, Mark Workman, from Edmonton, joining us. We talk to committee reporters Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, at the beginning of the second hour here on Kelly and Rumya. Up next, folks, Brock and I, we're going to kick around a topic. Brock was saving this for sports on Friday, but we'll get into it today. Canadian para-athletes are said to be financially rewarded for winning medals at the Paralympics. We have a discussion on this big and breaking news right after this. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.